Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here and that you brave the cold. And thank you, everyone online, for coming and joining us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, just click on prayer request. We have hosts waiting to talk to you and pray with you. Please stand and join us in uh, worshiping our Heavenly Father. Bowing here, 
want to share a story about a sweet, sweet woman that I once knew. She was an elderly woman, and her son would bring her to me to get her hair done. She and I grew this deep bond. We really liked each other. And uh, whenever she'd get in disputes with her son, I would always take her side. She said, Kathy, you're just a living doll. I love you so much. But I need to ask something of you. I said, okay. She said, I know you're a Christian. Can you promise me not to ever talk to me about Jesus? Okay. I kept my promise. I didn't talk to her about him until she got really sick. She was in the hospital. It didn't look like it was going to go well. So I called her son and I said, do you think it would be okay if I went to visit her at the hospital and tell her about Jesus? He said, you're too late. Did she die? No, no. Somebody else came in and was talking to her about Jesus, and she threw him out and said, no more visitors. Oh, okay. All right, I'll, I'll just pray for her. So I did. I started praying for her. And when I came to church, I looked for the prayer team. I couldn't find them. So I found a friend, and that friend prayed with me. And uh, after her surgery was over, her son called me, and he said, you'll never believe what happened. I said, is she okay? Yeah, yeah, she's okay. Um, but she called him over and whispered in his ear, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. What happened? How did that happen? He goes, well, she went back to sleep. I didn't, she didn't tell me. Well, a few weeks later, she did pass away. <clears throat> and I went to her funeral. And I shared the story I just told you. And to my pleasant surprise, there were about three, uh, three or more people that stood up. And they also were praying for her when she went in for her surgery. I truly believe that God answered our prayer. And I just want to encourage you, don't ever hesitate. Pray. Find a friend. Pray with them. It's powerful. Help us uh, worship our Jesus a little bit more.
with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to save us from our sins, and thank you for the freedom we have to worship you here this morning. Please prepare our hearts and help us hear and apply the message Pastor Jeff has for us today. And please draw those of us that don't know you to you. We need you every moment of every day. We love you, Lord. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook. We're so glad you're with us uh, today. Uh, my name is Richard. I'm the lead pastor. If this is your first time with us, uh, we want to extend a special welcome to you. If you're a regular attender, we're glad you're here as well. Uh, we want to celebrate the fact that you're with us this morning. And so you can uh, just text the word here to that phone number. You can scan that QR code or you've got a connection card in your chair and you can fill that out. Uh, share with us as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. If any of your information's changed, uh, be sure and let us know about that. And then you can drop those off in the box uh, on the way out uh, this morning. I also want to welcome everyone that is watching with us online this morning. We keep breaking online records. <laughs> so I know people are traveling. We have a lot of people that disappeared for the winter. And so uh, we hope you're enjoying Texas. <laughs> I know there are many people that are not feeling well today, but thank you for joining us online as well. Please be sure to say hello in the chat. Let us know if we can pray for you in any way, uh, but we're glad you're with us uh, there as well. I know many people, uh, there's different forms of technology. We've got an opportunity for you on this next slide. If you want to, uh, you can scan that QR code or text info or visit that website. Um, we have our Springbrook Church app that I think you will really enjoy. We have texting. We have a weekly email we sent out. And I talk to people so many times, and they'll say, well, I didn't know that was happening. Well, I didn't know about that. Well, I didn't hear about that. And uh, we try so hard to make sure that no one slips through the cracks. We don't want anybody to get left out. So if you've got any questions about what's happening in Springbrook, if you want to stay connected and you want to be in the know, we don't want anybody to be left out. You can just uh, go to that website, uh, text that number, or scan that code, and you'll have many opportunities for us to help you figure out how, what's the best way to stay connected. And so just let us know how we can help you with that. Also want to let you know we have some serving opportunities uh, here at Springbrook. Um, we have some opportunities with our openers and closers. Uh, every Sunday somebody opens the facility, closes the facility, and uh, we've got quite a few openings uh, with that. We had a couple of moves, some people got ill, and uh, so if you are interested in helping us with our facilities, we'd love the opportunity to talk with you about opening and closing. Um, our host online, our online host right now, I think Logan's online with our host. Logan actually moved south, and he's stuck with us uh, while he's online. Uh, but if you are interested in being a greeter or helping with us uh, on our online hosting, we'd love the opportunity to talk with you. And then we have a cleaning team that works here on Fridays that is desperately, you know, praying for people that can come in and vacuum and help clean. And so uh, if you want to be a part of that cleaning team, we'd love the opportunity to help you get connected. And we have many serving opportunities here at Springbrook. I'm so proud of this church. We have over 70% of people at Springbrook serve somewhere. So I just want to thank you for those that are serving. If you're interested, uh, we can help you get connected. Uh, just go to that website. We'd love the opportunity uh, to talk with you. And then guys, we have men's no regrets coming up. It is only two weeks away. And I just want to encourage you. Um, we are not born Christians. You know, so we're born again Christians, but we're not born that way. I was 33 years old uh, before I came to understand my need for a relationship with Christ. And it was a men's conference. It was with some guys that uh, cared enough about me to invite me to a conference. And I had an opportunity to build some relationships with some men. And I just want to encourage you, uh, guys, if you are interested in investing maybe in another man, 
And so if you have a relationship with Christ, this is a great event for you to invite your friends, your family members, your coworkers to come attend with you. And so if you would uh, love the opportunity to more, learn more about that, you can go to springbrook.org slash no regrets. Uh, it's a conference. We've got great in-house speakers. We have in-house workshops. Pastor Jeff and uh, Darren are, and his team are working really great to, to put that together. And so I want to encourage you, sign up for that. We have, we have 20 people signed up for that as of today, and two of them are me and Pastor Jeff. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you, man. Today's the day. And so if you want to, you can take your phone out right now and scan that code or go to that website. We want to encourage you to register. And so if you've got any questions about that, let us know. We have our Guatemala trip coming up, and so we dropped some new information on our website there. I know many of you are still interested and have questions. If you don't have your passport yet, you're going to want to start that process. Uh, but this is a great opportunity. Uh, guys to take your sons, uh, moms to take their daughters, guys to take their daughters. I had four daughters. And maybe you know moms to go with their sons. It's a great family outing. I just want to encourage you that if you want to learn to Look at the world from a biblical perspective and, and live missionally. Uh, this will be a great opportunity for you to learn more about what that might look like. So again, go to our website or text uh, that number. We're kicking off our baby bottle campaign uh, this Sunday. Uh, we support informed choices. That's working intentionally to help men and women that are working through unplanned pregnancies try to make decisions, important decisions, about what to do with their baby. And so we want to come alongside and support them. And so you can pick a baby bottle up uh, today in the lobby. Um, there's somebody be out there to answer any questions that you might have. But we're going to watch this video, and then uh, Pastor Jeff's going to come out in just a moment. Thanks for being with us. When I found out I was pregnant with Zane, um, I had... I was working, it was just me pretty much holding the household together. Unfortunately, my husband hadn't found a job and I was just trying to manage everything. Concerns that I had about when I was pregnant were how am I gonna be able to take care of him? How am I gonna be able to clothe them and diaper them? Because it's so expensive and I just, I knew that financially it wasn't feasible for us to be able to, to do any of that. The options that I was considering were um, adoption at one point, just seeing how another family would be able to take care of my child because I didn't think I was gonna be able to do so. Um, unfortunately, I, I had it in my head that maybe terminating the pregnancy was gonna be something that was gonna have to occur. And I was trying to just stray away from that one, but I didn't know what to do. I was just desperate. So when I went in and what helped me to decide to make sure that I kept the baby was um, Pat was another person that's there and Kim sat down and they gave me this pamphlet and it let me know like what stage the baby was in and was developing and how they're humans and how they have a little heartbeat and just seeing that little dot flicker on the ultrasound and reading about like where he was at developmentally, like, you know, and they gave me this magazine that discusses like your different options and different things. And you know, like what works for some people doesn't work for all of them. Like I just knew just reading that, that like I had to do right and just make sure that I was the one taking care of him. And they reassured me that there was something that I needed or something 
that I wanted to know that they would find the resources to help me to make the right choices and they, they did. They helped me find anything and everything that I needed, whether it was clothes, a car seat, um, formula, diapers, like they helped me with all of that and I didn't think that I was going to be able to do any of it and they sure enough did it. I would want the donors that, that help inform choices, I would want them to know that their help makes a huge difference. You're impacting families in ways that we could never get back. It's not just financial and it's not just, you know, in materialistic things. You're, you're helping families form a stronger hold with God and you're helping people to unite. And that's something that you, you just can't ever give back. You know, but their help is, it's beyond, mir like, miraculous. It's literally, they are earth angels. And I, I hope that they know that, that they can understand that at the end of the day when they're going to sleep at night, that they are touching lives in ways that will never be able to repay them. The nurses at Informed Choices have the privilege of introducing women like Charlie to their growing babies through ultrasound. God has been providing us three new nurses in order to provide more hours for ultrasound. We need your support of our Baby Bottle campaign to make sure that we can update our ultrasound machines, train those new nurses for ultrasounds, and staff additional medical days each week. When a woman calls panicked by an unplanned pregnancy, our goal is to offer her an appointment within 48 hours or less. Together, we can empower people to make informed choices about pregnancy and parenting by showing the love of Jesus and providing life-affirming education and support. Good morning. So I was listening. That's a wonderful story, but I just kept thinking, that baby is so stinking cute. Right? <laughs> Sorry, that's besides the point. We also had a local celebrity in that video, our very own Kim Jocelyn, you know, who is one of our small group coaches and involved in you know, many different ways. And so uh, just what a wonderful ministry that they do to you know, women who are facing a hard choice. And uh, being an adoptive father, you know, I reap the benefits of uh, women making uh, very wise choices, I guess we could say, in, in terms of giving life to their children. So just so happy for that. Um, what I wanted to ask you today, you know, to start with this, have you ever had to pray in an emergency before? Or have you ever had to pray in a situation maybe that was so heavy or convoluted or confusing where you're like, all right, no, I need God's help, but I really don't even know what to pray for or don't know how he's going to possibly interact in this situation. And so, you know, you just come before the Lord like, I don't know what I'm asking you for exactly. Well, I've had that particular situation before. Um, not long after, you know, I got married, I started having kidney stones. And come to find out in 2015 that I had my parathyroid glands were causing that. And I needed surgery to you know, help correct that and remove some of them. And if you don't know what a parathyroid glands are, they're your glands in your neck that regulate your calcium amounts that in your bloodstream. And so they play a very vital role in a number of ways that I would soon find out. 
So surgery went well. I went home, you know, the day later. And then um, as I was sitting at home, though, and just kind of getting off of maybe some of the medications that they were giving me at the hospital, I started to have this weird sensation where I had like a tingling feeling in my fingers and in my toes. And then it started to spread to, as weird as it sounds, even like my cheeks and my nose and the tips of my ears. It almost felt like if you sleep on an arm and then you, you wake up and it starts to kind of come back from being asleep, that kind of tingling feeling just in different places in my body. And so I called the surgeon and I let him know about it and he says, well, that's concerning. We need to get some medicines to you because your body essentially hasn't woken up. You're not holding the amount of calcium in your bloodstream that you need. And so you know, we tried some different medications and different things to try and get that under control. And sometimes it was worse, sometimes it was better. And for about a week's period of time, you know, we were trying different medicines, and it just wasn't quite doing it. Well, about a week out, my wife was at a preschool orientation, and she had taken my kids there. I told her it was okay to go. I was going to be fine. And I was sitting on the couch, and I was trying to watch something just to get my mind off of the way that I was feeling. And all of a sudden, my heart started to flip out. And I'm not talking about, like, you just kind of sit there for a moment and go, yep, that was weird. Like, was flipping out, beating really fast, even, and almost stopping, and, and I started you know, to panic, and I knew that this was an emergency. And so I made the life-saving decision in order to call 911 right away. And I uh, got up, and I went out, and I sat on the front steps you know, of my house. And I say life-saving decision because not long after I hung up the phone and walked out there, that my muscles started to contract, and my body started to turn into something kind of akin to like a pretzel. And not only was it my arms and legs that were starting to contract, my muscles that were in my mouth started to contract, and so I couldn't really talk. I couldn't voice what it was that was going on with me to the point where, you know, in the ambulance, you know, the paramedics were taking my wife's medications and holding up and having me nod whether or not I was using them. And so I couldn't move. I couldn't speak. They took me to the ER, and it only got worse from there. They closed the curtain, and the nurses were discussing what might be wrong with me. Maybe it's a head thing, and we need to give them some sort of psychotropic medication or something. And I couldn't communicate with them to tell them that I had had the surgery and I needed, you know, calcium. And so I'm sitting there, you know, in the hospital bed, and then things got only worse from that point even further because my breathing started to labor, and it got harder and harder to take a breath to the point where I was struggling and yelling help, you know, from the hospital bed. And... All of a sudden, they all come in, and they you know, tear the curtain open, and they start wheeling me out towards the really big, bright emergency room with all the lights. They're uh, ripping open my clothes. They're shaving my chest and putting crash paddles on me and you know, wheeling us into it. And I remember as they were wheeling me into the emergency room, I saw a crucifix at St. Joe's over the yard. And then I just said, God, <laughs> my spirit, help. I can't talk. <laughs> I can't tell them what's wrong with me. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I need you to come through for me, though, or else I'm coming to meet you face-to-face today because I was probably not very far from losing consciousness. And so a few minutes in, and they're doing all this prep work, getting the IV in and everything, and then all of a sudden an ER tech runs in, and he says, he needs calcium. Oh, and I just felt this relief, like, yes, yes, that's what you need to do. Do it right now, you know, because I'm about to pass out. I can't breathe. And so they put that into the IV, and as soon as they did, my breathing came back almost immediately. You know, I could take normal breaths again. And then slowly over time, my muscles started to kind of unwrap, and I could use my hands and limbs again and communicate what was going on with me. And so it's those types of prayers, you know, that we're talking about today. You know, when we need God and we don't know exactly how, you know, to express in what way we need him. Um, If you've been trekking along with us, we've been in a series on praying and talking about 
you know, our prayers are to the Father because the Father is the one who knows what it is specifically that we need. And so when we pray, we pray, you know, our Father, and we make our request to him. We also pray in the name of the Son. And so we come with that access. We come in Jesus' authority, you know, before the Father because, you know, the Son has granted us that access. And what we're going to talk about, you know, today is we come, you know, through the Holy Spirit, you know, and in the Spirit's power. You know, it might be confusing to kind of think about this or what's going on, you know, with my prayers exactly. So it's imperfect, but I thought I would do a word picture because maybe that's helpful for some. It's not perfect, so you can come tell me later in the hallway about all the different ways this doesn't work, and that's okay. But I think of it as a rafting trip. So in a rafting trip, where you're going, the end of the river, that's the destination. That destination is the Father. That destination is where our prayers need to get to because he's the one who knows what it is that we need. The river itself is the way, if you would, or the path that we take that grants us access to the destination. And that's that we pray in the name of the Son. You know, that river, um, if you would have, you know, living water, you know, is that we get into and takes us to that destination. And what we're going to talk about today, the Holy Spirit would be that expert guide in the raft that we get into. About We don't know how to navigate the choppy waters, but we get in with that expert guide, and he knows how to navigate the river and ultimately how to take us to that destination. And the Spirit knows how to take our prayers to the destination that we need to go. And so before we get going into the passage for today, I just want to remind you of some things you know, that the Bible says about the Holy Spirit because they pertain to and they're important to what we're going to be talking about, how he helps us in our prayer life specifically. The Holy Spirit in you know, John's Gospel is called the Helper four times by Jesus. And so he uses that term very deliberately. He's a helper, a helper. And we'll kind of unveil that a little bit more. The term describes, you know, an advocate or one who appears on another's behalf, almost akin to what you would have with, like, a defense attorney. If you ever had the occasion to be in court and, you know, you're standing before a judge and you're not sure what's going on or how, you know, this thing is supposed to progress, but you have your attorney there who knows, you know, how things are supposed to go, and they're your voice. They speak for you. They come on your behalf and they, you know, advocate for you. And so if you want to start turning to uh, Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at you know, just, you know, three verses here today, but I think they're important and have an impact on, you know, how, you know, the Spirit helps us in our prayer life. Um, And as we're turning there, just to know in Romans 8, Paul is describing here in this chapter the impact of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers. And this section in particular talks about the Spirit's impact on prayer. And so we're going to read through uh, verses 26 through 28, so just a few verses here. And then I'm going to talk about, you know, how the Spirit is involved with us in that partnership, you know, in our prayer life. So I'll start reading in Romans 8, 26 starts, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And so, just to kind of preview where we're going to go, you know, here today, and then we'll kind of go through each part a little bit. Uh, First, I want to start with, you know, our part. What is it our role to play? What does God expect of us when it comes to prayer? What are our responsibilities, you know, that we need to take care of in our prayer life? The next is the Spirit's part. What is his role to play? How does he become that helper, as Jesus was talking about, in order to aid us, you know, down that pathway of getting our prayers to the Father? And lastly, I want to talk about the uh, the outcome. 
what is the result of that human divine partnership in prayer? And, you know, why does it matter? What does that, you know, look like? And so I think we'll first start with talking about our part. And our part, the first point is that in the situation of believers, we're to be weak. <laughs> so he's, he's already setting the bar really high, so he wants us to be weak, okay? And that might rub you the some way, and you might be looking at me and saying, what do you think mean, weak? You're weak, I'm not weak, you know? But if you think about it in reality, each one is you know, weak in order to affect the types of changes in our lives that we need. And so we need to come in prayer and ask God to work on our behalf because we're weak and we're not able to do so. Um, and we, in reality, are weak because if you really think about it, we're all just kind of one moment away you know, from being able to depart this world, right? Just a stray lightning strike or an asteroid or something coming in your room while you're sleeping doesn't really take a lot in order to remove us from this earth. And so, you know, you can deny, you know, reality that we're weak or you can embrace it and, you know, be humble and um, instead, you know, embrace the Lord's, you know, power working through us. And so we're weak, but we're, you know, not weak, you know, for no purpose whatsoever. We're weak instead so that we could be reliant upon God and so that his spirit, you know, can work through us and the power, you know, of God can be exhibited through us and through our weakness. Um, another passage, you know, uh, in Paul's writings, you know, besides Romans, comes from, um, excuse me, in our weaknesses, you know, where I'm pulling that from in the text. But another passage, you know, from Paul comes from uh, 2 Corinthians 12.9. There, Paul has asked the Lord several times in order to remove this physical defect or this thing that's, you know, pulling his ministry down and not allowing him to you know, be effective in the way that he wants to be. And Jesus finally responds to him, and he says, Jesus says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so then, you know, Paul adds, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so Paul had that understanding that through his weakness, God was able to work. God was able to use that humble, you know, weak man more than, you know, the proud one, who had no place, you know, for, you know, God being able to work in and through his life. And so the, the Spirit in our prayer life asks us to be weak, but secondly, what he expects of us in our part is not knowing what to pray for. So again, being weak, not knowing what to pray for, we, can we do that so far? You think so? Okay. And so when we're pulling that from the text here in Romans eight twenty six, he says, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. You know, but the Spirit himself intercedes. And so we're not only weak, but we possess the limitation of not knowing, you know, what it is that we need to ask the Father for in every circumstance. We're not sure what to pray for. And that occurs because we're limited and we're finite in our understanding as human beings. And instead, we need to, you know, appeal to a God who is infinite and has unlimited power, unlimited resources to be able to do whatever it is, you know, that he feels to remedy our situation. Now, I was thinking if we were to visit the International Space Station, you know, we'd go up there and you know, we, we wouldn't want to touch anything, right? There'd be a whole bunch of buttons. We wouldn't have any idea what they do or any you know, devices, you know, and we wouldn't want to play with them because we'd be afraid we'd shoot the ship into deep space and we'd be lost or something, right? Unless there's any astronauts here or somebody that works for NASA that I'm unaware of. If you do, I'd like to talk to you afterwards because that's quite interesting. But, but we wouldn't want to you know, touch anything. We wouldn't want to do anything. The important thing there would be knowing that we don't know something. And the important thing is when we know we don't know something, we have to incline our hearts and we have to turn our hearts you know, towards the Lord and ask for his direction and his guidance because we don't know how to pray as we ought. 
And so we have um, not knowing what to pray for, being weak. In addition, we're to groan. Maybe some of you did that as you got up out of bed this morning. And so, but that's not the type of groaning we're talking about. We're talking about you know, groaning in prayer. And so our last part is the groan as we you know, pray through the pain and we pray through the difficulties. We pray through the hard circumstances. We don't just try and handle things ourselves, but we you know, come before the Lord and we groan. Even though we don't know what to ask for or how he's going to you know, bring resolution to that, we come before him and we stay connected and ask him to, to act on our behalf. Um, now, this point is not really readily apparent in our text directly from today, but it's actually connected to one that we have with the spirits groaning, you know, in verse 26. But um, if you read through Romans 8, they talk about groanings of various sorts. They talk about the creation groaning. But then they also says, but we ourselves, also talking about believers, those who, people who are left here on earth, groan inwardly, and it's the spirit that picks up on those groanings and is able to use them, as we'll you know, talk about later on here. And that groaning you know, that we do, that groaning in prayer has really deep biblical roots. It's something that we find over and over again in Scripture, in particular Exodus, which we're going to start a sermon series on starting next week, so definitely you know, come back for that. But um, in Exodus, you had the Israelites who were in slavery, and it says over and over them that they were groaning. They were groaning you know, to the Lord. They were asking him to intercede on their behalf. They were you know, in slavery in a hard you know, place and asking him to, to act in their circumstances with that deep cry of the heart and the lament of their circumstances. And so we're to be weak, we're to not know what to pray for, and we're to groan, and, but we're to be weak so that we can rely on the God's strength you know, through the Holy Spirit to uh, be able to intercede, as we'll talk about in our circumstances. And so now we're going to start talking about the Spirit's part. So I think we've set a high enough bar for us. We can probably, hopefully, you know, attain to that. What is it that the Spirit does? So the Spirit comes to our aid, and he intercedes for us. The Spirit, you know, comes alongside us and does some of the hard work of prayer, you know, so that we're unable to do. Now, if you take a look at the text, it mentions the word, you know, intercedes twice. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us. How does the Spirit help us? He helps us by intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And the Spirit intercedes for the saints, you know, according to the will of God. And so, we're not left alone to fend for ourselves. Jesus says, I don't, you know, leave you as orphans. But he gives us one who is able to help us and see us through life. And so, as we come into prayer... You know, we don't know what to pray for. We don't know how that's going to be resolved or worked out, but we have the Spirit there to intercede for us. And so this is kind of a, an interesting word, but I think that we innately understand that. So if you're a parent, you understand you know, interceding for your children, right? You go to uh, school with you know, teachers or school administrators, and you intercede. You ask for you know, maybe an IEP or extra help here or you know, different services and things. And so we intercede, you know, for our kids who do the things which they cannot do. And similarly, the, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He does the part that we cannot. And so the Spirit is an intercessor for us. Um, and as part of the Spirit's interceding, how does that play out? He translates our prayers to the Father. And so the Spirit takes that word salad sometimes, you know, that we have in prayer and we fumble around here and we fumble around there and we don't know how to describe what it is that's going on or what it is exactly that we need the Lord to do. You know, the point is that we come before him and that we ask and then the Spirit intercedes in order to take that, you know, jumble and translate that to the Father to find out what it is, you know, that needs to be done. 
Um, for a word picture, my wife sent this to me online, and I thought that was just so perfect. <laughs> so this is how our prayers are sometimes. Say, dear God, you know, not knowing how to pray or to address our situation, and we talk around several different things, you know, the Spirit intercedes and says, dear child, I know and I love you, you know, sign to God. And so, um, you know, this is, though, a great word picture of what it is that the Spirit is doing for us in our prayer life. He's translating, you know, those prayers so that they make sense, and they come through to the Father in a way in which they can be actionable and, and know how they can be accomplished according to God's word. And so you guys remember those groanings? Those groanings are important because the Spirit, as our helper, intercedes for us in a way in which he picks up on those groanings that we have, and then he turns them into, you know, groanings, you know, that are too deep for words. And so there's a very um, almost intimate connection that's going in play there in which he understands our emotions. He understands, you know, our distress and what we're feeling in our human condition. And it says that the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And so picking up on, you know, our groaning, you know, the Spirit, you know, intercedes, you know, by groaning in himself and trying to make those distresses, that situation known to the Father so that, you know, he can um, execute his plan and act on our behalf. And I hope this is incredibly important and comforting to you because um, it just simply means that we don't need any pretext to pray. Uh, we don't have to come before God and we don't have to use the right exact words you know, we don't have to know exactly this that we're even asking for. We just have to be obedient in coming before him. And so there's no pretext to come before him and play other than, you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you know, if you have a relationship with the Lord, though, you know, you have the Holy Spirit residing inside of you. And so as you come before him and you try and describe what's coming on with your situation, he knows what it is that you're trying to say. You know, just like kids where we ask questions and we say, you know, are, are you trying to have this? Is it, you know, that that you're aiming for? You know, the Spirit knows how to do that with us and knows, you know, how to, you know, intercede in that way. You know, maybe you had this um, experience, I certainly did in college, where, you know, you're standing around and holding hands, and, you know, in a prayer circle. And I remember when I was a newer believer, I was listening to some of the prayers as they were going around and waiting to get to my term. And I'm thinking, wow, that guy's using some really big theological language that I don't understand, or... <laughs> that person's really eloquent. They ask for something in such a way, I bet, you know, God's going to answer that guy's prayers. And so that's the wrong thinking, though. The truth of the matter is it's the disposition of the person's heart. You know, it's how is their heart rent before the Lord when they come before him in prayer and the Spirit takes over and does the rest for us. It's not the eloquent words that we use. It's not the theological terms that we use. We come and pray, you know, to the Father, and we expect the Spirit to translate for us and to, you know, do the rest it's just a really good quote um, in my um, research here today that um, I think encapsulates or kind of summarizes us really well is uh, from Think Thielman in his Romans commentary. He says, when believers experience trouble so profound that they do not know how or what to pray, they should not add to their anxieties the notion that God fails to hear their unspoken inner yearning for relief. God the Holy Spirit searches their hearts and knows them fully and God the Father also fully God the Spirit. This means that God understands the suffering of his people and is deeply concerned for them. Isn't that comforting? Yeah, the Spirit, God uh, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is deeply concerned for us. And so what I want you to hear in that is that your lack of ability to communicate 
no way inhibits God in doing what it is that he needs to do for you. Your lack of ability to describe your circumstances, to tell him what's going on, and specifically what needs to be done, does not stop him or inhibit him in any way. We simply need to come before him and be obedient and ask him to act, act and to intercede in our behalf. And so again, in summary, the Spirit intercedes for us by making sense of our prayers, and then he translates those requests to the Father. Um, lastly, I want to talk about the outcome so what is the result of this divine human partnership? How does this you know, play out in terms of you know, how our prayers are answered? And the first thing that I would say to you is that our prayers, thanks to the Holy Spirit's intercession, are perfectly and immediately communicated by the Spirit. They're perfectly and immediately communicated. This is not the deli counter at the grocery store where we have to take a number and then we have to wait for God to call on us so that you know, we can let him know what it is that we need. When we come to him in prayer, we have that access, thank you, to Jesus Christ. We have it immediately, and we have it communicated perfectly by you know, God, the Holy Spirit. And so there's a constant conversation you know, that's going on between you know, God, the Holy Spirit, and the other members of the Trinity concerning our prayers. And in the text here, it says that, um, and they're talking about God, likely God the Father is the one that's referred to when it says, he who searches hearts. And so there's no delay in the communication between you know, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, who is interceding for us, and God the Father, who is the one that knows what it is that we need, the one who knows uh, you know, what, how he needs to act in order to answer those prayers. Because it says of God that he knows what is the mind of the Spirit. There's that constant conversation going on in the Trinity, and so there's you know, no delay, and things are translated you know, perfectly. Um, our prayers are also you know, answered according to God's will, and not just his will, but his good will. And so in his deep concern for us, as we talked about, he answers them in a way that is you know, ultimately wrought out for his good, uh, you know, according to his will. And so um, it is God's will which is done in our prayers or answered according to God's purposes, as it talks about in Romans you know, 8.28. And so he says, uh, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, and then at the end, that all things work together for good for who? For those who are called according to his purpose, according to, you know, God's purposes, his will works out and is good. And so, again, it's his will which is done. And this is kind of the tough part for us when it comes to prayer and the outcome, isn't it? Because sometimes when we say God's will, we get nervous. And, you know, is his will going to align with what it is that we need or we think that it is that needs to be done? Or is he going to take that in a different direction? And that's tough for us because you know, we want to be in control. We want things to go the way that we want them to go. And it's you know, really difficult to relinquish that to him and to allow him to work in the way that he needs to. And so in that tough part, this is a passage that's meant a lot to me to know that you know, I can trust him. Um, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so even when we don't think that we see God working in a particular situation because it's not aligning with the way that we thought that our prayers would be answered, we can have faith that God is working behind the scenes and he's answering our prayers, but he's got a whole different type of perspective or a different type of you know, game that he's playing that's a lot different than, you know, than the one that we are. And so... God's will is, you know, always good, and it's uh, good as God defines it from, you know, his eternal perspective, that perspective of 
you know, being higher, you know, above the earth as heavens are than, you know, his thoughts you know, ours. And so um, I would talk about our perspective a little bit because I think when you really think about it, we have a very short perspective, don't we? And when it comes to, you know, the timeline of the world, if you're lucky, you know, you're blessed with 70, 80, maybe 90 years. Uh, we know we have a few centurions that get um, to the point where, where they reach 100. But it, as far as, you know, God's perspective, he sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And so there's no comparison. There's no, you know, contest between the two. And so we shouldn't be, um, I guess we shouldn't be, you know, sad or we shouldn't be, you know, disappointed when things aren't answered immediately in the way that we expect. We should know and have faith that God is still working for us. It's just maybe in a way, you know, that's different than it is that we expect. Um, but his perspective is different and, and than ours. And, um, you know, if I was a Star Wars fan and, uh, you know, the last three movies, the ones that came out just recently, were really terrible. And, you know, I was really disappointed with them. And if you like them, that's, you know, good for you. But I think part of what made them terrible, if you don't know this, um, with each successive movie, the director that would come would write, you know, what it is that they thought the story was to go. And then, you know, the next movie, somebody would kind of ignore what it was that was done in the previous one, and they would write it the way that they wanted to go. And so there was kind of no overarching plan. There was no overarching, you know, vision for where the story was to go, you know, where things you know, were going and plot points were going. You know, but God, again, sees the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He knows the way that he's moving and how everything is moving together for our good, whether we see it or whether we realize it or not. He has that you know, eternal perspective that we can't have. And so we see that uh, or know that God is working, but we can't always see it visibly in front of us, in front of our faces, and we don't see it on our timeline. Um, and sometimes when he works in a different way, we... Um, you know, come to know and understand what it was that he was doing, but there are other occasions, you know, and in that outcome where we don't. And so, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there are things that we're praying for, and we're all going to know in eternity what it is that God was doing and how he was acting. Um, sometimes, though, in this life, we are blessed to be able to see what he was doing, even though it was through a difficult circumstance. I've been open with you before about how, um, in our adoption process, we had a little girl with us, you know, for 12 days, and we thought that, you know, we were going to be her parents, but then after that point, very abruptly and suddenly, you know, she was taken from her home when the parents changed their minds. And um, after that point in time, my wife and I prayed a lot for, um, you know, different circumstances that come about so that she would wind up back in our home. You know, we prayed that the mother would uh, realize why it was, you know, that she you know, made that choice to begin with. You know, we prayed, you know, in different ways. And you know what? It never happened. It never came to fruition. And we even prayed that we would be able to be involved in our life in some way. And it's been 12 years, and I have no idea, you know, what is going on. It's been completely, you know, dead silent on that end. But I, I know what God is doing, and I can see that, you know, his, uh, you know, will is, you know, good for my life. And so not only have we been able to minister to many people because of our story, at the same time, I'm blessed with the incredible, uh, you know, three children, you know, that we've adopted, and, you know, they uh, make my life brighter each and every day, and I love them dearly. We even have a foster child now who, you know, I love dearly. And, but that would, never would have been possible or never would have been something that we would have been able to, uh, you know, do and wouldn't be able to know them if we had been granted, you know, that prayer, you know, it, as I had been asking at that time. And so I can see, you know, how God was moving, and I know that it was, you know, for good. Um, just another illustration that I sent somebody in a previous small group of ours. Um, sometimes we pray for lost loved ones, right? We 
we you know, hit our knees and we beseech the Lord and say, why is this person turning their life over to you? And you know, it gives us you know, great anxiety and, and you know, we just keep obediently coming before them again and again. Um, and so I saw, found this on social media. It's an example of a person whose parents prayed for her up until the point where they even died and they didn't see the realization of their prayers. But yet at 52 years old, she gave her life you know, to Christ as an answer to that prayer. And so God answered that prayer, probably not in the way the parents would have wanted to, being able you know, to see that in their lifetime, but yet he was faithful and he was good and kept working on this person, and she you know, realizes that, that it was their prayers that affected her and, um, and you know, changed her heart. And so um, just you know, please continue to be faithful and do your part. Understand you know, that the you know, Spirit will do you know, his part and that you know, God is uh, taking care of the outcome. And so... He has, you know, good for you in mind, you know, according to his will and his purposes. Um, and so we're going to do um, a little, you know, application of that now. We have um, the post-it notes that are down there, you know, at the aisles. And so what I would like you to do, you know, for this occasion is to um, pray about something. But then if, even if you write on there a certain situation or a person or um, you know, something else that makes sense to you, but you don't know exactly, you know, how to pray for or what you need God to do, you can put that into his hands and trust him with that tangibly by, you know, writing that name or writing that you know, thing on that post-it note and then posting it up on the wall there and then trusting that the Spirit will be able to intercede for you in order to, you know, translate prayer and you know exactly what it is that needs to be done and that Father will have a plan because he knows exactly what it is that we need. And so, um, go ahead and do that now for the next few minutes as um, maybe a little bit of music playing. And then when we're done, I'll come up and close us in prayer here. Thank you.
it's very freeing to know that he understands us, right? It just We don't have to you know, pray in some certain way in order to you know, have our requests be known. And so I hope that that's comforting to you and that you take that away from today. Um, pray with me if you would, please. And Lord God, thank you that um, we can come before you truly and, and humbly and just um, open our hearts and knowing that um, you already know what's going on in our lives. You already know what's going on in our hearts and um, and what our groanings are, what um, you know, deep despairs and, and um, you know, situations that we're dealing with and what things are heavy and weighing us down. And um, those things, far from uh, being unimportant to you, they're very important. And uh, your care and your comfort that you want to bring to us is great. And um, I just pray that you'd help us to you know, continue to be real before you. Um, to continue to do our part in seeking you um, and um, coming before you often and regularly and that uh, in doing so, you know, that we would form a close, intimate connection and having that confidence that you both know and care and that you understand, you know, the uh, very innermost yearnings and, and uh, groanings of our heart uh, because you tell us that, you know, in Scripture. And so uh, just please help us to come away from that being comforted, being uh, ready to be drawn to you and then you draw near to us and um, and to not be a stranger to you know, not think that we can do this on our own because we are inherently weak in and of ourselves and um, you just made that apparent to me time and time again in my lifetime but but your will is still good and you've come through for me time and time again and so I thank you for that uh, but just but thank you for this way to be able to communicate with you thank you for you know the series and showing us you know how you've intricately, you know, arranged prayer in order to um, address and petition you. And so um, I just thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you please stand and uh, join us in worship.
so good. And we worship you this morning, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Father, that each one here today would leave having felt your presence, Lord. And we pray, Father, for your blessings this week as each one goes their way. And Father, we pray your peace and your contentment and your love to overflow from each one. Blessings to you this week. You're dismissed.